when I look at Carolina in the Midwest, number two, Kentucky, if it came to that, is a serious threat to the Tar Heels in the Midwest. Number four, Kansas, if it came to that. And if you're the number one, remember, when are you facing the number four if there's chalk? If the favorites keep winning, you get the number four in the Sweet 16. Now, you know, you get the number two only in the Elite Eight. But think about Carolina's road. Kentucky, perhaps. Kansas, perhaps. Auburn just won the SEC. Iowa State just won the Big 12. Wofford is in that bracket. And Houston was the Americans' regular season champion. That's all in the Tar Heels bracket in the Midwest. Now, each year, fan bases worry too much about who you might face down the road because, statistically speaking, the odds are one of the two that you're imagining will fall by the wayside prior to the Elite Eight or whatever. But in terms of teams capable of beating the Tar Heels, there are three or four in the Midwest bracket good enough to beat the Tar Heels. For UVA in the South, Tennessee's good enough to beat UVA. That's the number two. Purdue was the Big Ten regular season co-champion. That is a really good basketball team. That's the three in the same bracket as the Cavaliers. Kansas State is the four. They shared the regular season title in the Big 12. Wisconsin, to me, is the most, is the most dangerous five seed out there. They have a first-team All-American in Ethan Happ and a style of play that could drive you crazy. What a matchup that would be, right? Wisconsin against UVA, two of the slowest teams in the entire country. And, oh, by the way, the sixth seed in UVA's bracket is Villanova. Villanova struggled for much of this season, but you know who ended up winning the Big East regular season and tournament title? Villanova. Winners of a couple of national titles under that Jay Wright guy. So the Cavaliers' road is trickier. The Tar Heels' road is trickier. And no road is easy, don't get me wrong. But I honestly believe in looking at the 16 teams in the East bracket, there are only two that would have a shot at the Duke Blue Devils. Michigan State would have a shot if they're still around for a 1-2 game. I would argue Virginia Tech would have a shot and if it came to a 1-4 game. And remember, that would be in the Sweet 16 if it came to that. I am a believer, and I'm on the record saying this, that we are watching the best Virginia Tech basketball team in the history of the school. Far more known for football and Frank Beamer and, you know, playing in the national championship game with Michael Vick and winning all those ACC titles once they switched and joined the Atlantic Coast Conference. Far more famous for football and Enter Sandman and Lane Stadium and a lot of guys they've sent to the NFL and, of course, Coach Beamer, one of the great college football coaches in the history of that sport. They've only made it to the Sweet 16 or beyond in the history of Virginia Tech basketball one time, and it was before I was born. I sometimes make reference to before Darren Vaught was born, representing the 20 and 30-somethings, or before my interns were born. You know, that's only 20-plus years, right? In my case, the Hokies made this, the Elite Eight it was in 1967. I was not alive yet. That's a long time. So that has to rank as the greatest basketball team in Virginia Tech history. Because remember, they've never won an ACC basketball title. They've had a nice run of making the NCAA tournament. But they have one and only one NCAA tournament run to the Sweet 16 or beyond. You know, in 100 years of Virginia Tech basketball. I'm telling you. I can't, I can't vouch for the 1967 Hokies and how they managed to get to the Elite Eight. I really have no idea. 
I know that in my 32 years of covering college basketball, this is the best Hokies team I've ever seen. They're getting their senior all-ACC caliber point guard, Justin Robinson, back. He was kind of bouncy and athletic while in street clothes at the, at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte. I mentioned on the air one day, he's so bouncy that he was coming out for those body bops where you're just jumping up and congratulating one of your teammates. And I'm thinking, dude, man, you've been in a boot for the last couple of weeks. He missed more than half the ACC uh, conference schedule. He's an all-ACC caliber senior point guard when he's healthy. And they sound optimistic that not only will he play, they sound optimistic that he'll look like Justin Robinson. In other words, he could have come back in Charlotte. They just chose to play at the safe route and let him come back for the bigger bracket instead. If he's anything close to himself, and Kerry Blackshear as a big man evolved into one of the best five or six players in the league, and Ahmed Hill can stroke the three, and Ty Outlaw from Roxborough, North Carolina, can stroke the three. He actually won a Perseverance Award at the ACC tournament this weekend, and deservedly so. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a first-round NBA draft talent. It is, I believe it is the best Virginia Tech basketball team in that school's history, and yet it's only the fifth-best team representing the Atlantic Coast Conference. Isn't that insane? Duke, Carolina, and UVA famously three seeds, number one seeds from the same conference. Has only happened one other time in history. It was the Big East ten years ago. So the ACC has already made history in that regard. Florida State played in the ACC title game and earned a four seed in the West. So maybe Gonzaga has to deal with the Seminoles at some point. We'll see. So the Hokies are quote-unquote only the fifth most dangerous team in the ACC. I honestly believe that that fifth most dangerous team is the greatest Hokies team in the history of their program. That's how loaded this team is, this league is. Syracuse, by the way, not dangerous in Charlotte. When Tyus Battle is healthy, they're dangerous. With that zone, ACC teams understand the zone because they have to deal with it at least once, sometimes twice a year. When Bayheim gets into the big dance, guess what? He took a bubble team all the way to the Final Four a few years ago. He took a bubble team all the way to the Sweet 16 last year. I wouldn't bet against Syracuse being dangerous again with Tyus Battle healthy. He did not play in the ACC tournament. Did you see Buddy Bayheim? As a freshman, the coach's son, he's hitting shots in a way he wasn't three months ago. He makes them more dangerous. Frank Howard had a good ACC tournament. He makes them more dangerous. Syracuse is dangerous. Virginia Tech is dangerous. And y'all don't need me to tell you that UVA, Duke, and Carolina as one seeds are among the favorites to win this whole event. By the way, making history in terms of number one seeds is one thing. You know the type of history that would be far more valuable. Darren, do you know how many examples there are of a single conference on the back end having three of the teams that make the Final Four? I mean, it's kind of cool that you have three number one seeds as they unveil the bracket. Right, which is the second time a a conference has done it, right? Big East 10 years ago and the ACC this year. That's it. That's kind of trivial, though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's about I mean, at the winning. end of the day, it doesn't matter it, as much. It, you get a less complicated path because of your seed. But the far more important history to be made is that there was a year that the old Big East in the 1980s had three of the teams in the Final Four. I mean, when your teams are playing each other, Villanova, Georgetown, for the title in 1985, and I think it was St. John's as the third team in the Final Four, now... 
That might have been the last time the ACC was not the center of the college basketball universe, like the mid-'80s when the Big East was still the Big East. This ACC history that's already made leaves the door open for other ACC history being made. And it is not only the Cavaliers, Devils, and Tar Heels capable of a nice long run. The Seminoles deserve to be in that conversation. The Hokies, for reasons I just described. The, the Orange, for reasons I just described. Seven teams in, and to varying degrees, I don't have Louisville as, as dangerous. Six of them have a chance to be still standing in the Sweet 16 and beyond. It's going to be fascinating to watch 